4: Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about things going badly and falling apart. And today we are back with part two of our interview with Lucy about how the Chicago public school system is falling apart under the relentless assault of cruelty, malice, and incompetence by the Chicago public schools and by the mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Enjoy. There's another thing I want to talk about a bit, which is when you've been back, when you've been sort of teaching in in these really like sort of. In these like what 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 is it actually like to teach in these classrooms and like you know like how how safe actually is it?
5: So I mean I've been in a lot of different environments. When I was teaching middle schoolers, I did not feel super COVID safe. Um, they are, I don't I don't know if people know this about middle school age kids. They love to touch each other, especially boys. They love to like wrestle. They're always putting each other in headlocks. I'm constantly having to just be like six feet six feet apart or three feet or whatever CDC has said we are now. Um, they don't put their masks on. They put their masks in their mouths all the time, like in their mouths. Um, <laughs> oh no. There's They're constantly finding like weird little excuses to have their mask off. Like they'll just sit there with like, like they're allowed to have water bottles cause they can't use the water fountains. They'll just sit there with like a straw in their mouth for like extended amounts of time. And I'm like, I need you to put your mask up, take quick sips and put your mask up. And they're like, I'm drinking. I'm like, I'm going to be drinking <laughs> at the end of this day. But, like, I know, take a quick sip, put your mask back up. It's really, really important for your safety. Um, and then I have other kids who are absolutely straight up, like terrified of this because yeah. like they've lost parents, they've lost grandparents. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really scary. Um, at the high school level, it's been a little better. High school kids are a little more rational, um, but I still have a few who are just like, their masks are down around their chins all the time or under their nose and i'm yep. i'll like several times a class period i'm like okay time for everybody to do a mask check make sure your mask is covering your nose your mouth your chin um i'll remind them like i have a spouse at home who has an underlying condition and like please don't have me bring home a deadly disease to him cuz yeah. that would really not be great <laughs> um most of them are pretty good but Still, they're getting sick. Like, I think we had, like, 40 kids out of my building Jesus. on Monday and, yep. uh, like, 28 staff members or something like that were out. Jesus. And we had one sub. Oh, Which God. is the other, that's the other issue is this isn't really a question of um, if we should go remote. It's a question of when will we be forced to go remote? And mm-hmm. we can either do that now before everybody has gotten sick and wait for this to subside and get some better mitigation strategies in place or we can do it after everybody is sick and then we're going to be scrambling to figure it out and also be sick at the same time i don't yeah. really see how that makes any sense yeah and
4: that that's the part of this that i've just been like i i just like i don't get it like i could just like fundamentally there's there's just, like a, a mental break where it's like i i don't understand why like lightfoot and cps are so insistent about not going remote like I, I get that like yeah it's it's hard on kids but it's like it, it's it's you know it, it it is the years 2020 2021 and 2022 like no matter what you do it's it's hard on the kids and it's like yeah. They just, uh, yeah
5: I also I wonder how much of it is the remote learning that's hard on them and how much of it is just the um everything around them is crashing and falling and burning around their ears because Um, the messaging that they've been getting is that they don't matter. They're not important. Their safety isn't important. Their Mm -hmm. families aren't important. And um, some of them like want to be remote. A lot of them, a lot of their parents want them to be remote. They're like, you know, it's not as good, but at least I feel safe. Some of them even thrived in remote, like actually did pretty well. And I really wish that it was just an option for those students Mm -hmm. who actually did well with it, that they could just like if we even ended up with like a third of our students choosing it, it would mitigate this so much because that's yeah. a third of the people not there to spread it around. Um, so can yeah. I ask
4: like how, how big, how big your class sizes are?
5: Um, Right now, the building I'm in now, I have like 25 to 30 mm-hmm. in some, my, it was kind of similar at the last building. Like they're in that, range 25 30 i have like always have like one or two that are like 20 or below that are usually um special education like inclusion classes where i have Mm -hmm. a co-teacher um but yeah it's you know some of them are pretty crowded and it it really varies by school like there's Mm -hmm. definitely schools that have over 30 kids in a room um and don't have the staff because it's just that's the other thing is like they keep talking about you know. I keep seeing people be like, "Fire all the teachers," and I'm like, "Good luck." Like, <laughs> yeah, yes is chronically understaffed. What are you yeah. going to do? <laughs> yes,
4: yeah, so it's like this. Like, yeah, I think again, like this job is really hard. Like, it's be, being a teacher.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> like, it's exhausting, and it's very, very rewarding. Like when it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it is miserable. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah. And like what it looks like. And I mean, that's, you know, it depends. It really depends on what school you're in. Um, I think everybody can agree that it is difficult right now. Um, so we we have like air purifiers going and masks on. And I cannot understand what my kids are saying a lot of the time. Like I do not mm-hmm. know. And they speak so quietly.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: Like I need you to shout it, say it like you mean <laughs> it, whatever it is. <laughs> So, that you know, that's been challenging and frustrating and exhausting, but um the worst thing ever is finding out that one of my students is sick. Yeah. Like it I hate when they're I hate it when they hurt. Like whenever that one of them is hurting, I feel bad and knowing that they're home sick is it's it's really upsetting and just it's yeah. you know, it's distressing for teachers to know that their kids are struggling in a way like that. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, we want them to be safe.
1: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll
6: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
2: So you write the books, Gene. and business.
6: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,
6: I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
3: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You know, like these kids. It's like, and this is this is true of the staff too. When you when you're getting sick, it's like. Yeah, like some some of these people will be okay, but enormous numbers of people are like some of these people are going to die. Some of these people, a lot of these people are going to get disabled. Um, yeah, I mean the the long term long term effects are really bad. And we, you know, one one of if if people remember, uh, we we did an episode with one of my friends who's a nurse, and like yeah, like he he had long COVID. His long COVID was like. He he couldn't do more than like like getting out of bed or like like just walking across a room would just put him in bed all day because like it, it, there there's you know there there's an enormous range of sort of like of of long COVID side effects and yeah it's like it's 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 like CPS is just child public schools is just in like they they're getting people killed
5: yeah and it's and it's you know that's like the question like they keep talking about percentages and I'm like these are human beings. Every yeah. one of those numbers is a human. So when you say like only, you know, point whatever percent are going to be long-term affected, like, okay, those are people. Can we stop like dehumanizing them with these like, yeah. as, like data points? And um, as for like the, the issue with like how like kids are less affected by it or whatever. Like the the fact is like the more we allow this to spread around, the more variants we're going to see. And we don't know that the next variant isn't going to be the one that is really significantly harmful to children. And we are basically turning our schools into these Petri dishes where this thing can mutate and become stronger. And now we have vaccinated people who are in that mix and it's becoming resistant to the vaccine. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a social studies teacher, not a science teacher, but this seems like a bad move to me.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like it, it's just sort of heartbreaking in a lot of ways. I mean, it's just like, they've just decided that, you know, and, and again, like, I don't, like, I don't know why Lightfoot's doing this. Like I, maybe it's just like, a, she wants to shore up her base thing because she's trying, she's trying to build a base among like the just like rich, weird North siders or something. But like, it's
5: she's a small business person that's always yeah. been her people are the small business owners who don't want to close schools because then you know their workers won't come in and i you know i want to feel sorry for them but i no, don't i don't
4: know like fuck i'm like, like, like
5: fuck you because yeah there's also a lot of small business owners who have been very supportive of us we had uh there's like a a taco place offering free burritos to us. <laughs> like I really appreciate that. Like there's yeah. enough in the community who understand that like the lives of our children are so much more important than you missing 2 weeks of profit. Yeah. Like you will figure that out and if you want to bail out businesses um we can figure that out but yeah, right well, now and also like yeah. is is saying like we have we aren't we refuse to do anything that yeah. might be inconvenient. For business owners. (laughs) Like, what is that?
4: Yeah. And it's like, it's like, yeah. So, you know, and also, yeah. But like business owners did get bailed out. Like they got, they got, they got 0% loans. Most of those loans got written off. And meanwhile, yeah. it's like, well, okay. What did life do with the COVID money? She, she gave it to the cops. And, oh, Hey, guess, guess who's also just a rapper and spreader of COVID. Oh yeah. It's the cops. Yeah. Guess yeah, who like, you know,
5: resisted vaccines the most? The cops. Yeah.
4: I mean actually there there, <laughs> there there is one funny thing which I'm I'm actually very excited about, which is that the cops are doing they're having their first uh so they're, they're, they have a new class graduating, but uh from from the police academies, which is really bad. And there's a whole Well one, one of the like Lifefoot's things was that there there was a huge campaign against building more police academies because you know everyone hates the Chicago Police Department, they're awful. And, well, and if foots. you have
5: $100 billion for a new police academy, why or 100 million or whatever it was, why can't you put some better ventilation in the schools?
4: Yeah, well, it's because Yeah, it's because <laughs> because like the CPD are like basically feudal lords. They have knights, they go out, they can shoot you like they rob you. They just like any, any, any large number of like black kids on the streets. Like if you just have like 15 kids walking around, like eight quad cars will show up. And you know, there was and Lightfoot was like, no, 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 her like one of her campaign things, big campaign things, was like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, we're going to make sure we build these academies, and they're, but the, so they're they're having their first like round, they, they've been having trouble recruiting because of COVID, <laughs> which is good, yeah, and and they're they're about to have their first police academy exam, and it's going to be in person. <laughs> and I am, this is the only, one of the few, is, is this Jair Bolsonaro where it's like, I am rooting for the virus here. Like, please God save us from these cops. But yeah, I mean, it's, oh it's, but they're it's, just going to bring it home and spread it around. Yeah. Yeah.
5: That's the sad know.
4: thing. It's it's just, it's grotesque. And
5: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been this thing where I'm like watching, like the school system is just throwing their hands up and saying, we don't care. We're done. The health system the healthcare system is like crashing and burning all around us nurses are quitting hospitals are like we don't have room for more patients like did you have a cancer treatment scheduled sorry did you have a surgery scheduled sorry i just saw somebody on twitter saying she um has a brain tumor and she's supposed to have a surgery for it and she can't now because of covid because they have no beds There aren't any. And you're telling me that the right move right now is to keep the schools open, which has always been in every, every pandemic that we've ever had. Schools and hospitals and prisons are like the place where the whatever diseases spreads. And I know we've been claiming that like there's not been spread in schools, but we have now seen the data that there in fact is a huge amount, which I've been like screaming about this since we started that their contact tracing models are, they're absurd. They are like (laughs) Kafka-esque. Like, (laughs) basically, um, so we start from the assumption that everybody is six feet apart and wearing their mask at all times. Yeah. Which they're not. It's not. It's not even even physically possible in a lot of classrooms for that to be happening. And then two, we start with the assumption that those things work. And so you'll get a call from a contact tracer that's like, Hey, um, on, you know, like last Tuesday of Tuesday of last week, were you within six feet of any of your eighth graders for more than 15 minutes? fuck if I know Tuesday of last week, was I near an eighth grader for 15 minutes? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Even if like, even if I did know what difference does it make? It is an aerosolized virus. It is in the air. And the more you sit in classrooms, the more it accumulates. Like we have seen like studies about um, this. We've seen studies about how CO2 accumulates in the air when there's crowds. We know that stuff accumulates like that in classrooms very, very quickly. And you're going to tell me (laughs) that as long as I wasn't within 15 or within six feet for more than 15 continuous minutes, not even like... um, Not even 15 minutes, like added up throughout the day, just 15 minutes continuously. I'm not going to get a virus. Are you shitting me? Like, like, that makes no sense. And so then if and if and if your answer to those questions are no, because whatever, you were following the rules, then they're like, okay, you got COVID somewhere else. It wasn't at school. Yeah, no,
4: it doesn't. Yeah, it's nonsense.
5: It's like I go to work and I go home. I don't do anything else, so I don't know yeah. where else it's coming from. Like,
4: yeah, like, and I also, just I want to do do a brief digression about like, okay, so like, like I, I like I I went to like a like a pretty good like like a, a pretty well like a very well funded like a uh, uh, Chicago area sort of school and like, okay, those place those places ventilation sucks. Like again, like again, I, I went to a very well funded school. Like we had a we had drowned dead rats falling out of the ceiling. Like, wow. Like, it was, it was incredibly, it was one of, my, one of my, 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 my great high school memories was my principal just, like, running full tilt, pushing a trash can because this dead trout
2: ran out of the ceiling. Oh my god! <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> was,
4: but my school was wild. We had, oh bad. it was a, we had a, a chemistry teacher let a kid set off a smoke bomb, like, that they'd made, like, in a classroom, but it didn't work, so it just, like, actually blew up. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a time but
5: like yeah like like these hey, that's schools. project-based learning okay yeah, we'll yeah
4: you, like, gotta light the school <laughs> on fire but like like this is a this is like yeah like like these schools are not like they're not they're safe old. environments yeah the building really i worked
5: in at the beginning of the year was a hundred years old it was built in 1920 and there was always this like sewage smell around the bathroom yep. because the pipes were messed up it was weird like the, and they couldn't fix it
4: I think it was the was it the second or third time my building lit on fire. Like we, there was a there was a whole thing of the building that was made of asbestos, and they just had left oh, it yeah, there because it was it, like, oh, it wasn't they, they, exposed. Yeah,
5: yes, schools still have asbestos. <laughs> yeah, <then. laughs> all over. And like again, like I I, I I went
4: to like a good, well funded one of these schools.
5: Right, <laughs> like it's
4: I don't I I think there's there's like there's there's these two, there's two things I think it like is interesting. Like there's w- w- when you like talk to like the people who want the schools to open back up. Right, they'll they start talking about like, oh no, it's fine. Everyone wears masks. Everyone's vaccinated. Uh, everyone's apart. It's like no, no, they're not. Like this, this is how it works in this like imaginary play world you've like created in mean, your like, head. Have
5: you ever met a child? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like
4: have you met your own children? Like,
5: what, what? oh, and that's the best. Is like, well, I've been having my kids wear a mask. I'm like, you have, you're full of shit, okay? Because I <laughs> told that kid to put their mask on like fifteen times <laughs> yesterday, and I love them. Beautiful face. I hope they get to show it off someday. But right now, yeah, keep covered up, please. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not like that teacher who's really authoritarian. Like, I've never been good at, like, writing kids up and getting on them for stuff because it's just like, I don't know. I hate doing that. I hate being that person.
4: Yeah.
5: So it's been like, really, it's like a struggle. It's like, am I going to be the person who nags them every five seconds or am I going to be? Um, the teacher that they like and want to learn from like you know this isn't sustainable so but you're asking like the attitudes of people who want to open schools back up and I it's it's hard because I I have talked to parents who are worried but they are also very upset because they see that their kids are struggling yeah and I really do feel for them on that. Like, I really, really do. It is hard to see a kid struggle, but it is harder. I think to see a kid sick, that is really hard. And it's just this, like, there are ways that we can overcome the difficulties of remote learning. Like we, we can find ways to give them the emotional support. Um, We can find better socializing outlets, but I don't know how we fix like you've, become very ill and your body isn't going to recover in the way that you thought it would. Like, I don't, I can't fix that.
1: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll
6: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
2: So you write the books, Gene, and business.
6: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,
6: I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
3: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: So there's something I've heard from other teachers that, like, that preparing remote learning stuff, like, is harder and takes more work than...
5: Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's it's really rough. <laughs> I but, don't like doing it. I yeah. want to be in the classroom, but
4: Yeah. And I just I just want to like once again yell at all of the people who are like the teachers are lazy and it's like no. People like they're like yeah, like you know, like you're you are advocating to do more work because that's that's the thing that will keep the kids safe and it's
5: yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand like the behind the scenes, how the sausage gets made of a classroom. But I think a lot of people have this idea that like we are given curriculum and plans and materials pre-made. And sometimes that's true. It depends on your subject. Mine is social studies is not a subject where that happens very much, which is part of why I like it, because I I like to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my week looks like. um there are a lot of hours after school where I am sitting down, I'm looking at the standards that I need to teach the topics that I need to teach and I'm researching it and learning it and finding a way to teach that to kids who don't have the same like baseline knowledge that I have. Um, and then I'm creating like an activity for them. I'm creating, um, you I'm finding like material, like sources and like videos and stuff that they can watch that are, are going to help them or things to read. I'm modifying those things for the kids who have, um, you know, learning differences. I'm translating some of those things into Spanish for kids who don't really read very well in English yet. So like, that's a ton of work on its own. Mm-hmm. And then when we switch to remote, we have to figure out how to do all of that on Google classroom yeah. where now it has to all be typed like, or, yeah, you know like how do i figure like how do i do a group project online how do i let them do something creative that isn't just sitting here answering questions on a worksheet mm-hmm. that's hard and we've been really good at it and i've found all kinds of really cool tools to to do that with but it's so much work and it's work that i'm willing to do because i care about my job i enjoy my work i love my students but um, you know, and I want them to be safe, but like you know it yeah. is a ton of work. I'm not just sitting here eating bonbons all day or <laughs> drinking cocktails,
4: yeah, and I think there's there's like a larger sort of like like Americans have this like this sexist sort of like hatred of like or in disrespect of people who do both care work and in a lot of, and creative work, yeah, it's absolutely just, you know, is both, and then simultaneously, there's this sort of like you know, the, the, there's, there's, there's a resentment to people who get to actually do something that helps people. And, you know, I think like right now we're seeing just the most toxic fusion of that, which is that like, yeah, no, like these, like, you know, instead of like, you know, recognizing the enormous amount of work that that's going into all, like that's going into, into teaching, like the amount of sort of like the care and love that's going into the creativity that's going into it. And just like, like the people, pe- people's willing like you're willingness to make like enormous sacrifices to try to keep these kids safe. They're just like no, like the teachers are lazy. They don't want to work. They're going on strike. Like, and it's yeah, you know, and, and and it's like they're doing this, and it's like yeah, like you you are like they're killing their own kids, and it's just like it's just,
5: <sighs> it's this weird fusion of like we we occupy this space as this like combination of like feminized care labor, emotional labor. And um, that sort of like like intelligentsia, like professional mm-hmm. um, white collar intellectual kind of thing. And then also we're teaching a um, more introductory level of our subjects. So we're seen as like discount intellectuals <laughs> who are also yeah. women who do care work. Yeah. So it's it's very frustrating and I don't think a lot of people understand the amount of Um, skill and expertise it takes to be a teacher and be effective at it. Like, it's not just, I need to know social studies to the level that a 12th grader would know it. It's, I need to know social studies beyond that level and know how to communicate it to a high school student. And also I need to know a lot of stuff about like child development. It's, it's really, it's something. And um, I, you know, I find that to be fun and challenging, but I wish it was respected. Yeah. And You know, and then you're talking about like people are sacrificing their own kids. I want to point out a lot like I think there is a racial component to this. Um, The people who are in wealthier schools and who are mostly white know that their kids are going to be fine. Like they are in schools that actually do have the resources to distance, that have air filters, that have good ventilation. Um, They're vaccinated. Their kids are probably going to be fine the kids that aren't going to be fine are low-income students of color. And it has always been this way. It's always been this way with schools. Like when schools were desegregated, we started with private school vouchers and we started with all of these like uh, state testing requirements and withholding funding from schools that don't meet those, you know, test standards and all of these like um, this extra oversight on teachers. Like, that stuff all comes back to white people don't want to have to worry about black people's kids. That's yeah. it. And, you know, they will move their kids out to the north side or to the suburbs or whatever. Notice that all of those suburb schools have flipped remote. Notice that Lori Lightfoot's kids are in a charter school that is not yep. remote.
4: Well, and more than that, yeah, like, like Lightfoot, Lightfoot <laughs> Lightfoot won't, won't even, like, Lightfoot will not put herself in a room with this, with the same number of people no, that like a teacher not. has to go to every day she won't do it and she it, was and-
5: telling people at the press conferences they had to wear their masks yeah. even though she wasn't wearing hers which was very strange <laughs> to me <laughs> it's
4: like like and that's the thing like the, the, the when, when you when you get to the politician level they know it's dangerous like they know it they they they, they and you can tell but if, if you watch is what they do right now yeah like they won't do it but like no no they're they're perfectly willing to just send to send you off to die to send all these kids off to die and it's just
5: Yeah, sometimes I feel I get kind of doomer and I wonder if, like, if that's not the plan. Like, is it that? I mean, I don't really believe that. I think what it really is is this just like malicious neglect. Like, if you're somebody who's a policymaker and someone comes to you and it's like, I need you to care about this population here that doesn't have a lot of money and needs a lot of things. And you, the policymaker, are going to be like, oh, that sounds like so much work. And then somebody else is going to come to you and be like, I need these things over here. And I do have a lot of money and I do have a lot of influence. And I'm going to make your life difficult if you don't do what I want. Yep. They're going to do what that other side wants. And what that other side wants right now is for kids to get back into school so that they can have free daycare so that parents can go to work. and that's And that's it. And yeah. teachers are standing here being like, I didn't get a master's degree and do, you know, countless hours of professional development to be a babysitter, you know, and no, not to knock babysitters. I was a nanny for a long time. That is hard work, but um, (laughs) I didn't get a master's degree to be a babysitter. I got a master's degree to be a teacher and I'm in an environment right now where I can't really teach effectively. And all I'm doing is babysitting. They want to warehouse kids. That is what we're doing with the schools. That's why they want them open. And it's you know it's it's hard not to feel like they just are doing it because they hate us, even though I know it's not. It just I mean, it does feel that way. I I, I was like
4: I, I will say that like so uh, you're if, so if if you become elected as the mayor of Chicago, like your job is to break the teachers union. Like that's that's like that's, that's 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 like the role yeah. you're auditioning for, and they have been they have been trying to do this for literally my entire lifetime. They've been trying to do this like since before I was born. Like that's and it, yeah. it honestly like wouldn't surprise me if this was if another part of this was just them once again, trying to break the teachers union.
5: Oh, absolutely. And like, and
4: if, and not even just that, like, yeah, you know, not I mean unlike, like not just on the sort of political level, like on the incredible cynical level of we'll just kill them. And well,
5: it's, it's a labor yeah. thing. Like, it's not just a, a Chicago teachers union or even a teacher's union thing. It is a labor movement across the board thing that, yeah. um, the largest i think the largest unionized workforce in the country is teachers and we on top of that are a union of workers who have the power to absolutely bring our economy to a grinding halt. if we want to we could all go on strike right now and nobody's going to do shit until we go back to work um they could if they you know they could try to like replace us with like people who are basically like hall monitors and give kids like canned curriculums, but they wouldn't really be learning very well and parents wouldn't be happy with it. And they wouldn't be entering the workforce with the skills they need to make money for the economy to, you know, make money for the almighty Dow. So, (laughs) um, the, it has been a project for decades in this country to try to break teachers unions because teacher unions occupy this space where they allow other unions to happen. Um, We have, you know, enough influence on politicians that they can't just disband the labor board and make unions illegal, which they would absolutely fucking love yeah. to do. <laughs> and if they could just get rid of these damn teachers unions, maybe yep. they could do it. Um, so, you know, and that's what you see with the education reform movement, where you have all these people advocating for vouchers and charter schools, and it's, you know, the, I, it, they want to break labor. And yeah. I, I see a lot of, I mean, now I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to scold some of my comrades, <laughs> but I see a lot of leftists who um, are really skeptical of teachers and don't want to support the teachers union. And I, I get it. Like there are a lot of teachers who really suck. And there's a lot of teachers who are not radical. Like most teachers are not radical. Yeah. A lot of them are pretty conservative, but at the same time, if you were to abolish schools immediately right now and break up the teachers unions and all that you're going to end up with rich people go to school, poor people don't. If you're poor, your kid goes to work probably won't be in a coal mine, but you know, they'll probably be like soldering my uh, computer chips or coding or something for like pennies an hour. And I don't want that world. And if you actually care about labor, then you need to support teachers unions because um, the public schools are Central to all of these communities that we want to be reaching, and the unions are the only thing making sure that they stay public. Yeah. So
4: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and I, I, I was like, again, like to 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 to, to Iana, comrades who are anti-school. It's like, yeah, like okay. I you, hate you,
5: school. You, I'm for it. De- uh, deschooling is yeah, great, but, but, but like, we yeah. need to do other things first. <laughs> yeah, you have
4: to, and like again, like the you 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 need to like it's like support the workers, not the institution, mm-hmm. like. Is a, it's is it's like it's basic. like saying
5: I'm a vegan, so I'm gonna go after McDonald's and place. <laughs> like, yeah, look, well, like, can you know, say off. this
4: like like so. Like I, I, I my high school was like oh, like all the schools much like incredibly conservative, but everyone was still in the union. That was like the one. That was the one thing that was like. Well, okay, there, 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 there were two countervailing forces. One was that I. The Christians didn't seem to understand what liberation theology was, so occasionally they'd accidentally hire a leftist because they were like, "Oh, you're a Christian, you're fine, you're from, well, you're from I love America, yeah, we're not going to question you further." The second thing was that even cause everyone, everyone was in the union, and that was like that was that was literally the only those are the only two left wing like even like gotten, vaguely things.
5: I've here. gotten into so many teaching spaces by talking about how i like critical pedagogy and they don't understand <laughs> <laughs> that freire was a communist. Yeah. <laughs> or being like, "Oh, i'm really 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 into Chicago history. I especially love the history of like labor in Chicago because it's it's huge. People here yeah. care about it." And they don't get that like i'm an anarchist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> my- <laughs> but, you know, and and a lot of the like um sort of like education reform language. I think it's very funny. It is 100% just lifted from radical like sociologists and anthropologists and educators who are trying to find ways to um, dismantle like authoritarian structures in schools. And so they'll come up with these like, um, you know, like restorative practices and all this stuff. And then they kind of get, they, they make their way up to the ivory tower and then get repackaged in this, it's it's like, I don't know, it's like a machine or something that like sucks up radical ideas, brings them up to the academy, repackages them to make them nice for politicians, and then spits them back out into <laughs> yeah. And it is exhausting, and yeah. I hate it. It makes me so mad. I'll never forgive people for what they did to the term restorative justice.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you uh, like? want to make sure that people... Like understand about what's happening in the schools right now.
5: Um, I guess just the biggest thing is I want people to understand that like it this is a question of when and under what conditions are we going to be forced into a remote learning situation. This mm-hmm. isn't like we want remote learning because we like it because it's fun. It's because it's going to happen if you like it or not. The schools are going to close if you like it or not, because the unless you're okay with just like people are going to get sick and die and or going to work sick which i think most of us agree that's insane
4: yeah. um
5: it is there are you are going to be in a situation where we don't have enough staff to keep buildings open so either we can try and mitigate that now and keep that from happening or we can just throw our hands up and say fine let let the schools collapse I don't want the schools to collapse. So um, if we could just go remote for two weeks and get some good testing in and have a vaccine requirement. And personally, I would like to advocate for remote as an option for parents who want it. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's on the table right now, but um, I think more parents out there should be demanding it. And I also would like to say to parents, you have a lot of power that you don't understand. Um, the school districts listen to the parents so much more than the teachers. One parent's voice is worth like 10 teacher voices. So if you see something going on in your schools that you're not comfortable with, if you have questions, contact your principals, contact the district, talk to people, talk to the other parents that you know, organize yourselves. Um, if we had, you know, strong parent organizations on our side, we would be absolutely unstoppable. And we could have the school system that we want and that our kids deserve.
4: Yeah, and I, and I think I like the, the the right figured this out a long time ago that you can absolutely. You know, yeah. And yeah,
5: look at how, what they're doing to the school board meetings with CRT. Yeah, we could have that for people who are actually good people who care. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no there's no reason that all of the other parents couldn't be going and saying, "I want my kids to learn about race, and I want them to be wearing masks, and I want everybody to be vaccinated."
4: Yeah, so I think I think. I think that's a good note to end on. We, you know, we can make this better. We just have to, you know, work together. And do it. Um <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: do you have anything that you want to plug? Like, do you have a way to support uh, the teachers? Or-
5: um, I think I'll send you a flyer that we have. It has some information for contacting aldermen, getting COVID tests, and a petition cool. to sign. Um, if you could post that, I would really appreciate yeah. that.
4: I would. We can definitely do that.
5: Awesome. Thank right. you. Yeah, thanks right. for coming on. Yeah, good talking to you. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources.
1: Thanks for listening. Bean Dad, The Dress.